Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Welcome back to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. As always, this is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman, and boy, are you in store for a great episode ahead of you. Joining us via the New Eagle Group hotline is first-year head coach Ryan Mabe, and he is going to give a recap of the 2023 regular season, talk about the Blazers' substate run that ended with Beckman making its 20th trip to the state tournament. But fans, Beckman is not done yet. They've earned a number one seed for the the end-of-the-year tournament, and they are ready to bring home some more hardware. This season and this episode of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast would not be possible if it wasn't for my great sponsors, the New Eagle Group, Dugout Sports, Train Where the Pros in Iowa Train, Nolan Weber Insurance, Fully Distributing, and Genuine Landscape and Design. Batter up, here comes Coach Ryan Mabe. Joining us via the New Eagle Group hotline is first-year head coach of storied program, Dyersville Beckman, head coach Ryan Mabe. Coach, first question I have for you is one a little bit on the personal side here. You celebrated your anniversary at the ballpark. How exciting was that to celebrate your wedding anniversary and have such a monumental win in your first year coaching career take place all in the same day? Yeah, no, uh, celebrated 10 years with my wife. Um, and I mean, she's been around baseball her life. So her father's, uh, John Lehman, my was Jack Lehman over Rickardsville. Um, actually met her at Beckman. She was a stack girl on the baseball team. That's kind of how it all started. So, um, she's been around baseball her life and, um, she's the reason I'm able to do this. So, um, but she's kind of, like I said, grown up with it. So she gets it, she understands it. And, um, we want our boys to be around it as well. So, um, this been, it was cool to be able to, uh, get a win, uh, and, uh, be able to kind of celebrate that way. I know we'll, we'll do something this weekend as far as go out to dinner, do all that stuff. She wants to do that, but, um, be able to be at the ball field and get that win was a fun night. Congratulations on 10 years now. How do you take a loss? Because when I coached, my wife always hated when we lost because I would be a grump the rest of the night and we would go on our nightly no device walks and I would complain the whole time about how awful we played or what happened. Are you able to separate home life from the ballpark or were you like me? We can't separate it. Yeah, I mean, the nice thing is with us playing at night, usually I'm she's in bed by the time I get home, so I'm able to, I might be tossing and turning and thinking about stuff, and she, you know, like, you know, whatever, but she might mention some stuff, but she, she's usually going to sleep, and I'm just uh, kind of staying up just thinking about what I could have done differently, or, you know, if I, you know, could have had a different call, or, you know, had a different guy in the situation, but, um, but yeah, no, I, the losses are always ones ticking me more than the wins, for sure. Now, you met while she was the statistician of the Dyersville-Beckman team while you played. Is that the reason why you own many of the offensive records for Dyersville-Beckman as she was padding your stats? 
<laughs> we only uh, we only dated my life my last year my senior year and um yeah but no and i think i i uh, don't think i hold any records at all i actually i found out that i had the triples record because i got it got broken by my brother-in-law joey lehman he was that pitcher for them they won two titles and uh one of his classmates broke it and that's when they told me that he broke my rats i didn't even know i had it so but that's yeah. that's that's great to hear but we have one question before we get serious it's an audience question i believe it came in from one of your players has oh, to do gosh. with lucky shirts will matthew and i believe eli are they going to be wearing their lucky shirts for the state tournament i have no idea what that means and i don't know what if i want to know what that means and i might just uh sit that one out <laughs> all right you know i i saw that and i i know some coaches and i'm not going to say any of their names because i worked with some of them that yeah when we got on a really great winning streak some of the things they would do with some of the clothing they would wear yeah. i didn't know if it was like an undershirt that they'd been wearing and they've been wearing it for three weeks unwashed was not sure but let's talk about dyersville beckman here so beckman ran through substate after a regular season where they were conference champions so in your first year winning the conference championship and sending Dyersville Beckman to state there's only one way to cap this season and that's with a state championship so talk about the conference championship and how much that meant to you and then how much it also meant to the program yeah no that was uh you know going into the season obviously you have the goals set uh set out and I sent out a you know just a uh sheet that they can fill out just as far as like you know what they expect to do as a individual as a team and I mean, we've so far, you know, checked the boxes. So, I mean, it's conference title, district title, get the state, and then kind of see what happens from there. Um, a couple of them put that they want to, you know, win it all. Obviously, that's some of their goals. Um, some of them just kind of said, you know, get to state and then kind of see what happens. Um, but, you know, I, we knew we had the team to do it. It's just, you know, things can break one way or the other, and you never know what's going to happen in a baseball game. And we're fortunate enough to go 11-1 in conference, uh, won a lot of close games. So, um, could have gone a definitely a different way, but the guys were able to get it done. Um, and then uh, the road to get here, I mean, they did a great job just in, you know, anybody, any taking care of business. Coach, I, I hear a lot. I get a lot of messages. People will talk baseball with me in public. And a lot of the questions or a lot of the comments I got on early on about Dyersville Beckman were not positive ones. So you started off the season struggling. And at one point early on in the year, you lost three in a row. And people were wondering that ranking, was it the correct ranking? Should they fall out of the rankings? How did you rewrite the ship? And how did you turn it around after such a slow start at the beginning of the season? Yeah, and I'll say that this is probably pretty uh, in line. If you look back last year, um, how we started and how we finished last year, um, very similar. Um, so uh, at the beginning of the year, it's always tough for us just because we got soccer guys doing soccer and they're playing. So when they weren't, we didn't have any same nights, but every other. So when we weren't playing baseball, they were playing soccer the night that we were off. So it was kind of like they're constantly doing something and just you tell their legs were tired. They just weren't all in. Um, Offren wasn't hitting at the beginning of the season, so that first week was tough, and we didn't do ourselves any favors. I mean, North Scott first night, they threw their one-two at us. 
Uh, we were able to sweep Monticello in a couple of close games and went through our best bet in the conference game. Uh, the night after that, we go to Western Dubuque. We had nothing for pitching. Um, I mean, Carter Hagman, Brady Salter, sophomores are a team that I think they'll have good futures. I don't think they're prepared yet to be a varsity pitcher, but ahead of their own in that situation, um, and we just weren't able to compete there. Um, and then Friday night, we played West Delaware, and again, it's all their one-two, and we didn't have our one-two available. So um, it's kind of part of it, um, but – yeah, I mean, the full start is what it is. Um, we had a battle through it and just kind of had to keep heads down and just keep going uh, and know that we could battle through it, and we finally did. Um, the night we went to CPU, we got, I think we lost 6 nothing, lost 12 guys on base, and I had the same conversation with that night. I said, the only reason you guys are ranked is because what's on your jersey, not because of what you've done. You haven't, you haven't earned anything yet. And from then on, I think we lost three games, so. Looking at that schedule, you're exactly right. North Scott was a powerhouse at the start of the year. You lost to the number one seed, the number one ranked team, Western Dubuque Bobcats in 3A. You also lost during that streak to Wallert Catholic, who's also heading to the state tournament. Let's talk about that um, little guy. Actually, I, I don't that, – that, sorry, that was that's not meant to put him down. But you mentioned Nate Offerman. I, I want to talk about Nate Offerman here. And, Nate, I did not mean to call you a little guy, putting you down by any means. But the one postseason award that I give out is the Pitcher of the Year Award. And that is usually the most difficult one to give out. I'm thinking I'm pretty safe calling it right now, giving it to Nate Offerman. Nate Offerman was 9-0 on the year. He has one save. His ERA is sub-1 at 0.74. He struck out 59 guys in 56 innings of work. I read in the TH that his nickname is the champ. How did he get that nickname, and how has this season been – a record-breaking season for him. I, I don't know what the Dyersville Beckman record books look like, but I'm sure he's got to be approaching some records. Yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, the boys call him Champ. He won as a sophomore. He won the state golf title individually. Um, so it's kind of been just, and you know, they the kids just see him as um, the guy that they know when he's on the mound that we just have the confidence that we're going to win the game, and it showed throughout the year. I mean, he basically just took the ball every week for a conference. Um, Sometimes two games. Uh, he got a save in one game, and then one turn around, won the next game in the doubleheader. Um, so that's where the save comes from. Um, and again, we talk about winning the conference. I mean, those are all conference wins until then the postseason wins. You got two postseason wins, the rest are conference wins. So as far as like why he won the conference, he's a big piece. Um, did a great job for us just throwing the ball. Um, as far as records go, yeah, he had a point five. I think going into the Animosa game. Um, and like I said, my brother-in-law, Joey Lehman, I think he holds the ERA record. It's like point two something. So, Yeah, it's crazy to think that he's thrown 56 and two-thirds inning and he's only given up six earned runs on the season. I don't know how I didn't put that together. I mean, duh, he's a state golf champion. Obviously, they came up with the name champ. I do want to talk about a guy on your team. This, this, was, this was kind of a touching story to me that came across throughout the season. Roman Hummel, when I started this podcast, said that I should check out the Moonlight Graham show, which follows underdogs. 
and in professional athletes, guys with amazing stories. And one thing that I thought was awesome is you have a guy on your team, senior pitcher by the name of Noah Bogey, who made his first varsity start. And he was magical on the mound, shutting down the opponent he played. And it's it's just great to think that he stuck it out for four years, stayed with the program, just continued to work the process, trust the coaches, and then got an opportunity and has through very well for Dyersville Catholic Beckman throughout the season. So what can you tell us about that night where he made his first varsity start and how he has helped the pitching staff this year? Yeah, Noah, Noah's a big golfer, so he's him and Nate golf quite a bit. Um, and I think if he had put more into baseball, he'd probably be, you know, we might have seen this earlier. Um, but, again, that's the past is what it is. Um, but, yeah, that 90 race with Kokoda, um, he actually wasn't going to be my pencil and starter. So, with the hitting and uh, Drew Sear, one of our other player pitchers, um, had a bit of a bug. And he was just said he didn't feel great. Um and he ended up, I mean, by the, by the end of the night, he had a, like a one-on-one fever and was trying to play there with the outfield and take him out. But he was supposed to be the starting pitcher for game two. Um, had to make a switch and go to Noah, kind of give him a, a late notice on that. But he went out there and he did his job. And, I mean, really the only thing that's run into problems for him this year was walking guys. Um, he's, if you look at what he's done, I guess posting batting average is pretty low. Um, and that's even after he – pitched a little bit of force against Marion and Marion one through nine was one of the best hitting teams I've seen all year. So um, take that out. He probably had even lower numbers there. We have to talk about Luke Sigworth. Luke Sigworth, I would say was the story of the baseball community early on in our area. If I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong. Sometimes guests are afraid to correct me, but I am not the end-all know-all. But at one point, I believe he did reach base in 20 consecutive at-bats this year. His batting average was 463. His on-base percentage was 559. And I am a fan of the long ball, led the Blazers in home runs with 39 and was also drove in the most runs with 29 RBIs. What can you tell us about Luke Sigworth? How has he solidified the Beckman lineup? And what does your lineup look like around Luke? Yeah, I mean, so it really starts with Luke Shields. So we got Luke and Luke at the top. Um, they're Luke Sigworth hits two. Um, but really what the beginning of the year was, because like I said, Nate wasn't hitting in the first week. So, I mean, the first week or two, we had to rely on other guys, but other guys weren't quite there yet so luke and luke are really like two guys carrying us you know luke's chills to get on and say we're driving in um and there'd be times where they you know first and they'd be second and third nobody out wouldn't be able to drive them in just because we were kind of struggling there but yeah no siggy's a great player obviously i think he has uh, a future in baseball and college ranks um not sure what that looks like but he definitely will have the opportunity to play college baseball um he puts a lot of work into it uh, again wish he could uh, the arm issues wouldn't be such a bother for him to where he could get more on the mound because I think he could dominate there. Um, but um, what he's done at the plate this year, he takes a great approach, um, doesn't strike out much, and he can provide the pop. So he had the walk-off homer against Monticello, our first conference game, um, which really, I mean, every, we need every win to win the conference because Cascade is right there. So that was a big hit for him right away. Um, and he had a triple one inside the parker against Northeast in the district game. So still doing it for us in postseason. 
a lot of the teams in the sub-state run had a scare, had a nail-biting game, but Beth, Beckman Catholic did not. You beat Northeast via the Mercy Rule, Comanche via the Mercy Rule, Anamosa, you won 8-2. So looking at last year and having the state champion Van Meter on the ropes, what do you think you personally as a coach and the guys who were there last year learn from last year that that they can use moving forward for this year's state tournament yeah and i think i always think it's a big thing to be down there uh i think it's tough to go down there with a group that hasn't been there before and win it all right, right away whether it's you know state football state basketball state anything um i think getting there knowing the like just getting yourself comfortable and then getting back there i think just puts you at ease a little bit more um Obviously, the Van Meter game was tough. Uh, in talking to guys since the game, I think it sounds like they were kind of beat going into it. You know, this, I mean, Van Meter was a giant last year. I think they were surprised to be in the spots they were last year. Um, with this year's team, I don't think we're going to be surprised to be in every game. Um, obviously, it's taking it one game at a time, and that was going to be a tough one for us. Um, but uh, I don't think uh, these guys will be surprised to, you know, if we're lucky enough to, you know, get to Friday, I don't think they'll be surprised to be there. Help me out with his last name. Your number two pitcher, Rob. He was six and two yeah. on the year. Carl Nagy. Yes. Tell us about him. Where did his emergence come from as a senior, and what um, what role might he be used as moving forward? Yeah. No. Rob's a guy that um, he's the other conference guy for us all year. Um, really, his coming out was. Saturday we played uh, really Notre Dame and Don Bosco in a try and the last game of the day was against Don Bosco and he went out there and he just dominated him um, through his play game and um, that was kind of his coming out that was late, late May and then ever since then you know he's thrown the ball really well for us um, when he's on the mound Nate goes a short and I think at that point our defense is probably one of the best in the state um, just based on who we got and where we got him at um, so really his role is fill the zone, keep him off balance and his defense take care of the rest. And he's really taken to that. Um, I think he'd like to hit more. Um, he's just right, right outside of the top nine hitters, um, as far as in the lineup, but, uh, he's taken to the role as being, you know, one of our guys from the line on the mound and he's done a great job there. Coach, you're a baseball guy and I'm sure you've heard this phrase before. A team can only be as strong as they are up the middle. Now, last year you had to replace Owen Hewengarth, who was one of the biggest boppers in the area, led the area in RBIs, was Coach Manaman's catcher of the year. And you had to replace him with junior Matthew Florence. Pitching staff has looked good. Matthew's had a good year. Last year he was a big part of Beckman's run, but as an outfielder. So how has he helped the staff? How has he solidified how strong Beckman is up the middle behind the plate? Yeah, no, Flo, uh, he's been great for us. Uh, I'm pretty tough on the kid, I'll be honest with you. I mean, there was, he's filling some big shoes. I mean, he, we put Huey back there, we didn't have to really worry about anything. You know, um, guys aren't running on us at all. Team just didn't, they just didn't run because they knew who was back there. Um, he was just a wall back there and really controlled the game. Um, and I try to just 
hold Matthew to that uh, high expectation. Um, and there's been times throughout the year where he's, you know, I've got Adam and he's been, you know, but he's willing to learn. That's the biggest thing. And I think he's doing his best back there now. I think he's grown as a catcher throughout the year. Um, he calls pitches. I mean, off he really calls his own game, but the other guys, he's calling pitches, and I can tell them they can shake, do what they want. But um, he's learned the game. I've talked to him about, you know, you know, you see a kid that's way late in a fastball. He's, a couple times he's called off speed, and the guy gets a hit, and I'm like, got to read the swing. You got to understand, you know, like, he's way late. Don't just let him speed the bat up. So um, he's really learned and grown as a catcher, and it's been cool to see. Coach, I shared earlier in the podcast how – I hear, I see, and I know everything. Sometimes not always to my liking, but people are always wanting to send me baseball information, talk with me about baseball information. And there was one that just kind of threw me that I want to ask you about. I want to ask you how you prepare the guys for. So looking at Pella Christian, and I'm moving forward to the state tournament, I'm looking at that. Beckman's the one seed at 22-9 and conference championships. The eight seed is Pella Christian at 18 and 16. And a lot of the messages about this game I was not expecting, but I heard and people are saying that this is a really tough draw for Beckman Catholic because Pella Christian has a pitcher that throws mid to upper 80s. So how are you preparing the guys for that pitcher? Sorry, I don't have his name right off the top of my head. And and what can you tell us about Pella Christian? Yeah, no, so uh, obviously we won the game on Tuesday night. Um, on the bus ride home, guys were checking the scores and everything and saw that Van Meter was, at one point they were down one nothing, and tied 1-1. But as I was looking at that, I saw seven and two-thirds no-hit innings thrown by the Pella Christian kid. And I had, a, you know, I knew that if Van Meter lost her, the one seed just based on there, he had the rankings set, that Prairie already lost the two, so we knew we jumped up to one. In the back of my mind, I kind of knew, like, Pella could be a team we played, and that was kind of, a you know, tough to see. The, you know, he had 104 strikeouts in the season. They played a very good conference, um, so they're not playing. They played, according to Bound, they played the hardest two-way schedule. We're number two. We've kind of been one-two all year. They jumped us during the postseason as the toughest schedule. Um, so um, they're going to be ready to go. They're not – I mean, they've seen teams as good as us, better than us, whatever you want to say. Um throughout the year. So they're not going to be surprised by us. Um, and as far as trying to prepare for their guy, just trying to, you know, speed up the bats, um, kind of get the pitching machine out this, this week, get it going to, you know, get it 50 feet away, going about 35 miles an hour. Uh, my assistants throwing about 40 feet away, just kind of bring it a little bit just so they can get kind of used to the, the speed. Um, yeah, from my understanding, he sits about, uh, mid eighties and he can touch, you know, 88, 89. So, that was the report that I got as well. Best of luck in that opening round game against Pella Christian. The one thing I, I do want to ask you about before I give you an opportunity to close out the show with any words that you might have, and it's no surprise, I'm sure you've seen it, but second biggest storyline right now is the 3A bracket, the chance of Western Dubuque facing off against Wallert Catholic in round two. But the biggest story is the two-way bracket, Beckman Catholic and Cascade coming in at the three seed, Cascade at 24 and eight, a chance of having an all Dubuque County 
championship game. You guys played earlier in the season and you split. What would that mean for the area and what would that mean for the community to see two local teams battling it out for the most prized? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, no, that would be awesome. be crazy. Um, Roma does a great job with those guys and they're really good ball club. One through nine, they hit the ball really well. Um, their outfield ran, ran down a a few balls in our game that just was like, I mean, the speed they had out there was crazy. Um, and it was just two really good play ball games. I mean, they defense played well. I mean, just was really clean. I mean, defense, both defenses picked it up and threw it really well. And um, I think it was, I want to say, 5 4 one nothing or 4 3 one nothing in the games. And just good high school baseball. Um, so, you know, if it gets to that point, obviously, try not to think too far ahead. So, right now, we're just kind of focused on Pella Christian. Um, with the understanding that, you know, that could happen, but really got to take one game at a time. Like you've said, Pella's got a stud. They've got a team that um, they've faced teams that are just as good as us, better than us, so they're not going to be surprised by us. So we got to come ready to go first game if we want to even think about Friday. And people wanting to support the Blazers can make the trip down. They play July 18th. If you want to watch it on TV, they'll play at 11 a.m. Coach. Anything you want to close out the podcast with? Anything we failed to mention before we hit into that podcast killing double play? Well, yeah, I mean, just uh, happy for the guys to be here. Um, I will say probably the biggest turning point, and it's just been cool, cool story that uh, for us has been, so the senior night uh, against, or sorry, the game against senior at home, um, we did a benefit for James Hall, so uh, Nate was a high school teammate of mine, uh, team of mine on, teammate of mine on Rickensville for years. So we just we still have a group chat that I am in with him on a daily basis. So, um, but his uh, one of his sons has been diagnosed with cancer. No, head cancer. Kind of you know got cleared and then came back uh, this spring. So did a benefit for him and the kids really. Uh, as a coach, I'm trying to, you know, have a deeper impact than just wins and losses. And um, just making the kids aware of that and the way that they have responded to that. Um, they did the JH initials on their uh, wrist tape that game, and they've actually done it every game since. So um, we'll be wearing shirts on Monday and the send-off we do for him. So it's just been something the kids have really rallied around and ever since they've been playing good baseball. So, Coach, thanks for sharing that story. It's great to see um... – all of the great support that we've given to some people in our community that are battling cancer or have lost their battle with cancer. Yeah. Coach, can't wait to uh, watch you July 18th. I'm cheap, so I'm not sure if I'm going to pay the $9 or the $20 to watch the whole tournament, but I will be following or listening at some point. So congratulations to you and your program on this remarkable run. And Blazers fans, it's not done yet. 643, we're out of here. Hello, this is Donna Hirsch with New Eagle Insurance, proud sponsor of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. New Eagle Insurance is an independent agency offering several carriers for home, auto, and recreational vehicles, as well as business insurance. This allows us to customize your coverages and offer a competitive premium. 
Let us step up to the plate and knock it out of the park. Call New Eagle Insurance today at 563-582-5834. Post Game Show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, and also subscribe on Spotify.